Welcome to the Freight Broker Bootcamp audio experience, and I'm your host, Dennis Brown. For those of you that don't know, Eloy is a freight agent. He's been a freight agent for over a decade. He's generated over $10 million in sales as an agent and has made a lot of money along the way. He lives in McAllen, Texas. We've known each other for over a decade. And again, he's a past student of Freight Broker Bootcamp. I want to welcome you once again, my friend. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's a pleasure. I've watched your journey. We met. Oh, man. Right when you first started, you you had this dream. You didn't even have any customers. You were just getting started. I remember. I mean, you remember how long ago that was? Yeah, about 11 years ago. Yeah, almost yeah. It was like 11 years ago. That's crazy. And so tell us a little bit about how, why did you decide to get into freight brokering? What was it that interested you about the whole freight brokerage business that made you dive in? The, the first thing that, that I got caught up with was uh, stay, being able to stay at home and work, you know, with my family. Um, that was a big one for me, trying to just staying home, you know, and I saw that it's commissions, you know, I've always, I've always been a hustler for that. So, I mean, I just, I put everything I had into it. Just like you say, whatever you put in is what you're going to get out. Yeah. So you liked the concept of being able to work from home. I did. Yes. I did. Yeah, as a freight agent, it really is amazing. I mean, most people have no clue um, that agents, most agents work from home. I remember uh, a funny story years ago when I had my brokerage, uh, we had uh, recruited an agent down in Atlanta and, you know, he had, he had been looking at a bunch of different brokerages and, you know, uh, that he might become an agent for. And, um, and ultimately his number one reason why he decided the number one reason why he decided to become an agent was the fact that he was going to save an hour and a half to two hours a day commute because he lived six miles from his office and it took him an hour and a half to two hours every day to commute back and forth to work. Wow, wow. Six miles. Now, if you know anything about Atlanta, which you do because you're a broker, you know, I'm sure um, it traffic's a nightmare. Every, that's, mm-hmm. It's just a nightmare down there. So that working from home and not having a commute is a really powerful reason. Obviously, I'm sure that the income opportunity didn't hurt either. Um, not at all. <laughs> so tell us, how you got, tell us how you got started. You started a little bit different. You became a sub agent when you first started, correct? Yes, I did. I had no experience, and that's the only way I could get into the business was as a sub agent. And so explain, explain what a sub agent is. Explain what a sub agent is for people that don't understand. We have a freight broker, we have a freight agent, and then we have a sub agent. Can you explain yeah. that for us? I, I was an agent for an agent that was under the brokerage. Right. So, so you basically so you had a freight brokerage that you were out they were operating under their authority you had an agent that had a contract with them and then you had a contract with that sub with that agent as a sub agent so you were getting commission and yes, you were get what was your commission rate as a sub agent 50% so he was getting 50% and his agent that he was working under was getting like 70% so that yes. agent was making a piece and Eloy was making a piece, but he went out and developed his own customer base. So tell us a little bit about that. The early days of developing your customer base. Were you folk? I know you focus in on produce now, but was that your niche back then? That's always been my niche. Um, simply because I live in McAllen. Um, the the trade zone that's here is all produce. There is dry freight, but it, you know, you got big companies like England that handles that freight. So 
my only other option at the time was produce. Um, so that that's where I started getting all my business from was 99% produce. So it was not only produce, but it was local in your area. Correct. Yes, sir. Gotcha. So how did you go out and get some of your first clients? Did you go out and meet them face to face? Was it over the phone? Was it referrals? Was it people you knew? It was a lot of face face to face walking around the, the produce market, for business cards, you know, um, also, um, word of mouth referrals, um, a lot of cold calling. I did a lot, a lot of cold calling. Yeah. I would do about 80 to a hundred calls a day just for cold calling. Yeah. So notice he, he said three different things. He not only did cold calling, he also got referrals and he also did face to face. So I, what I tell, what I tell people is you got to get on the, whatever it takes plan, right? Yeah. That's what it is. It's whatever it takes. If one thing doesn't work, do something else. But the fact is, is you got to figure out a way to have conversations with your target market, whoever that is. And in this case, it was produce buyers and sellers, right? People that are growers, retailers, wholesalers, brokers, people in and around the produce industry. So you just started having a lot of conversations. I did. And it's a very competitive market. I mean, you have a lot of people trying to hit that market up. Uh, sure. I started, I, I still do LTL. That's my main thing is LTL. So um, a lot of people don't want to do that. It's a little bit harder than doing one in ones, but I mean, it keeps me busy throughout the entire year. I love that. So here's an example of a niche within a niche. Everybody asks me all the time, how do I find my niche? How do I, what niche should I go after? What are the best freight niches? I mean, this is probably one of the most popular questions I get top 10 for sure. And so what Eloy did was not only did he focus in on a niche, which was produce, it's a big niche, but it's definitely a niche because it's, you know, there's definitely some some nuances and some learning curve when it comes to shipping produce. Okay. So you gotta, you gotta have some specialized knowledge and you can learn that on the job, but not only did he, did he figure out that he wanted to pursue the produce niche, but he decided to focus in on LTL. So most produce, um, most brokers that focus, focus in on produce do full truckload, right? So they're doing full truckloads of produce from point A to point B and they're doing, you know, and that's what they get paid for. But Eloy does LTL. So explain to us, uh, the difference. Are you talking about one pallet, two pallets, three pallets? You talking yeah. about quarter trucks, half trucks? You know, that's whatever, whatever, whatever it takes to get the job done. I mean, right now I'm actually starting a new order. I got four pallets. Um, I got to fill that up before the day ends and get a truck for it, which I already have a truck. Um, I go from four pallets. I'll take 10. After 10, I need six more. And I try to find those six. Either I find two more orders of three pallets a piece or if I'm lucky enough to find a six pallet order and fill it up and that's what it takes. You just got to keep making those phone calls to get. The, and the so order. with six pallets, you might have potentially two, three, four, five different shippers in that load. Yeah. It's, it's mainly, it's mainly, yeah, I do. I do fill up a whole truck with uh, three or four different customers or shippers. Um, and you know, I'll, I'll probably end up having about three to four different deliveries. Um, my main niche is from McAllen to Florida. I have a tons of business going that way. Um, so I'll probably end up having, you know, a drop in Jacksonville, Daytona, two drops in Pompano. So guys, just so you know, now we've identified an even third level of a niche as he's trying to get back in here. We've identified the third level, which is he niched down into produce he niched down into LTL and now he's niched down into a primary lane. 
So he's going from McAllen to Florida and he's doing multiple drops uh, in and around for, in and through Florida. Okay. So, so he's not only niched down into produce, he's niched down into LTL and he's niched down into a lane. Do you understand what I mean? Now, do you see what I mean by riches are in niches? He's making, he made over $24,000 in commissions in 2000, in, in, in November of this year in that niche, that niche of a niche of a niche. So you have to understand there's a ton of business out there and it, you know, everybody focuses on these big, you know, van markets or just, just straight van or just flatbed or just refrigerated. And th- there's opportunity there. But what you're going to find is when you really start to hit the ball strong is when you niche your way down because you can become an expert in that niche, right? It's a lot easier to become an expert and a valuable resource in that niche. So did that, what I just explained to you, did, did that do justice to explaining how your niche works? Yes, it did. It it really did. Yeah. Um, the the other thing is, uh, and you said it. You know, people try to look for those big contract loads, and you know, you got to lock down a pre- a freight rate, and sometimes you can't you can't meet that that demand. You know, let's say you say, well, I can do fi- this fi- this load for fifteen hundred bucks year round. You know, sometimes it's gonna take a little bit more money, and you're gonna have to put that money out of your pocket to to come through for your customer so it's a lot easier with ltl you 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 have you have the you can change the rate a little bit a little bit more often you know to get the job done yeah and produce that's another interesting component that you just brought up produce has a tendency to operate more in the spot market right because what happens with produce is it's a perishable right? You can't leave watermelons or strawberries or any fruits or vegetables sitting around for too long. No, Yeah. And so it operates in a spot market, which means the, the, the buyers and sellers and the people that are using brokers are always looking for a current rate. And that rate can vary from day to day, week to week. Correct? Yes, sir. Yeah. I mean, you'll have, you'll, you'll be paying, you know, a certain rate to Florida one day and the next day, you're up 800 bucks or you're down 400 bucks. Right. And that has nothing to do with you as a broker. That has to do with the market. It has to do with supply and demand of trucks. Correct. I talk to people all the time about freight rates and you know, I always explain to them it's, you know, like any market economics, one-on-one supply and demand is what drives price. And so when you have more trucks in a market and less freight, then rates are going to go down. When you have less trucks and more freight, Rates are going to go up. It's really nope. simple concept. It's and from day to day, yeah. And from day to day, the the number of trucks in and out of McAllen or in and out of McAllen willing to go to Florida varies. I mean, on a Friday, you might have tons of trucks. On Monday, you might not have any trucks. It happens all the time. It, even if, I, I mean, I have a big truck base to Florida and it, it still happens to me. All right, cool. So, so we talked a little bit about how you got started as a sub agent. Now let's, and we talked about your niche. Let's talk a little bit about some of the changes that you've made recently. You went from being a sub agent for many years um, to now becoming your own agent. This was this past year, correct? Was it 19 or 20? In 20, in February. Yeah. So early in 2020, you broke out and it became your own agent. Tell us a little bit about one, why you did that and two, how it's went since then. Um, the reason I did that, it's because I honestly, I, it's like I, I had blinders on and I didn't know what was going on around me. The transparency wasn't what it was supposed to be. Um, and 
I mean, I'm, I'm glad I got out of that because now I see my transparency and, you know, I'm learning a lot more about the business, what it takes to run the business, because it's not easy at all. I mean, you need, you need to know what, you need to know what you're doing in this in this business. Yeah. So just so you guys know, and this is something that people resist. A lot of people that join Freight Broker Bootcamp, right, join my course, they all want to become a broker. Mm -hmm. And so and I tell them, listen, more power to you. That's what I did. But I also tell people, don't overlook the agent opportunity because what you just said was this. As a freight agent, you it takes very little money to get started. Yeah. There's very little barrier to entry. There's a lot less risk. And I tell everybody, if you can't make money as a freight agent, you're definitely not going to make money as a freight broker, okay? Because, because it's easier as a freight agent. It just is. You have less moving parts, right? So yeah. I, I tell everybody, you have to understand, it's not a bad thing to start as an agent. It's okay. Particularly if you don't have any industry experience uh, you know, and you're just, you don't have a lot of capital or you don't have any real, you know, you don't have any real capital. Again, as a broker, you can always use factoring, but a lot of times, you know, there's, there's just, it's just not the right fit to start as a freight broker. But what's really great is that you've been an agent for over 10 years and now you're just considering really breaking out as your own broker, maybe in the next year or two. Yes, sir. And you're, but you're being very cautious about it. You're being very strategic about it. You're not rushing into it. And along the way, you're, you, you've gotten, you're making a lot of money. I mean, you made $24,000 in November. I mean, you're making a, you, you're making a great living working from home. I mean, so I don't, I, the whole, you have a lot of people that just really just don't understand the opportunity as an agent. They think that they're going to, they're not going to make as much money, but in reality, you have a way less risk and, uh, and, and a ton of opportunity. I mean, you, that's a perfect example. I mean, well, tell us, go ahead. And it, and it also gives you a chance to to build a better book of business because at the end of the day, I mean, to to run a brokerage, you need to have you know high numbers. Yeah, yeah, and I think you also need to. It allows you to earn while you learn, right? Yes, sir. And you're now getting a much better uh, understanding of the whole invoicing component and the technology side and and all the other things that would be required. But you're making money along the way. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, cool. Tell us a little bit about, let's talk about sales a little bit, right? Let's talk a little okay. bit about getting new clients, right? Okay. So when you first started, you talked about cold calling and getting on the whatever it takes plan, right? Yes. Whatever yes. it took, you were getting clients, you just wanted to have conversations with those people. Tell us a little bit about how you get clients now, like your last client, the last, the newest client that just came on with you recently. How did that happen? Right now it's a lot, it's a lot easier to get it done. Um, Number one, the experience. Um, number two, the referrals. Um, now you got people calling me. You know, you got clients calling you. Hey, I heard you're really good at, at doing LTL out of the McAllen area going to Florida. Can you help me out? Of course. You know, first I have to check on their, their credit line, but um, it's a lot easier to get customers now. Yeah. So a lot of your customers come through referral now. A lot of referral. Yes, sir. And that's because of the niche that you've dis that you've created the reputation that you've yeah. built and the expertise that you've demonstrated over an extended period of time. Yes, sir. So I'm going to be very transparent and I'm sure you will. When you first start getting customers is not always easy. No, it's, it, it's difficult. It's yeah. very difficult and you got to get used to the, to, to them telling you, uh, we already have somebody doing that lane or we have somebody that we're happy with. You're going to get a lot of those. I would get, I would make about 75, 
to 100 phone calls a day before I got one yes. But guess what? Look where, he is. Look where he is now. Yes, sir. Wouldn't trade anything for it. No. So if you're willing to pay the price, right? I tell everybody what you lack in experience, what you lack in credibility, and what you lack in resources, you have to make up for in numbers. Absolutely. Right? Yes, and sir. you have to make up for it in, you know, in time. You know, I get a lot of people who come into the course and start their business and they get very frustrated their first month in the business because it's not going exactly the way they want. Everything's not flowing perfectly. And, you know, they're getting some rejection and then they give up. And I tell and everybody, listen, you can't quit. You know, no, you, you got to keep going. You got to sacrifice. You got to absolutely sacrifice. It might take you months, but ultimately, and sometimes I, I did another interview with a, with another student and friend of mine, a client, Franklin and Deckway, who his second month in the business did 25,000 in profit, but that's not the norm, right? That's not the norm, but it can yeah, happen. It does happen. It can't happen. But had he quit before that could happen for him, you know, he'd be nowhere. He'd be nowhere. He'd be, you know, he'd be broke, but yet now he's making a great living doing extremely well. So it's right. Oh. Yeah, it can be tough when you first get started, but once you get that ball moving, yeah, you got to keep going. It gets a lot easier for sure. Absolutely. All right. So, is there anything else that you want to share about your journey? You know, whether it be lessons learned or tips or advice to people about coming into the industry, people that are new, because most of the people that are watching this are are brand new to the industry. Either they just they're just considering getting started, they just joined my freight broker bootcamp online course, or maybe they've been uh, in the wings, trying to get their brokerage going for the last few months or maybe up to a year. Any advice for any of those people? My biggest advice is if, if you can get your foot in the door, even as a, a as an assistant or a dispatcher or whatever you have to do to get your foot in the door, go just do it. You know, learn the business from the bottom because you're you got to get started from the bottom. Because, I mean, there's no shortcuts. There is no shortcuts and you got to work your butt off to get there. Yeah. It's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of sacrifice. It is. It really is. But at the end of the day, the reason why I've highlighted these interviews with people like you and, and Monica Gonzalez and and um, uh, Yogi Goswami and Franklin and Deckway is because, you know, the fact is it wasn't easy for any of those people. But it, but they've been doing it now for several years, you know, some for yeah. a few years, some for as much as a decade. And they wouldn't change anything. Um, it, but you have to, you know, you, I tell everybody, do your best, never quit. You've got to put your head down. You got to be willing to make some of those sacrifices. So listen, I really appreciate you being here and being so transparent and honest about everything. I want to congratulate you on everything. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. I'm humbled that you allowed me to be a part of your day. Now subscribe to the podcast so we can do this more often. And for those of you that take the next 15 to 30 seconds to rate and review the podcast, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate it. And who knows, maybe we'll give you a shout out on a future episode.